Welcome to the So Live Podcast. So Live is an educational nonprofit with a mission to make effective, non-toxic cancer treatments more accessible to the public while promoting general health, wellness, and happiness. This podcast is an extension of that mission. Thank you from So Live. Welcome to the So Live Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Shanna Schultz, Executive Director of So Live, and I'm joined by Tracy Keller, one of our board members. I'm so excited hey, to Tracy. be back. And Tracy and I are sitting across the table from the lovely Laura Gilmore. Kilmore. Kil- Kilgore. Holy moly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just make this con- this confession. This is the second time that I've done a name check to make sure I'm saying it right and went straight in to say it the wrong way. <laughs> There's some Something in the air, but thank you for uh, for being polite about it, Miss yeah. Laura Kilgore. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. All right, Tracy. So you know this fabulous lady over here. How'd you meet her? So it's another Bible story. Bible study story. Well, you are quite divine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all um, story stars. But I will tell you, um, one of my best friends. Deborah Daniel always said, you've got to know this girl. She's amazing. And she just, um, she goes, I really feel like you're supposed to connect. So um, through Deborah and then through Bible study, and then I heard your story in Bible study. And then at that point, I was already involved in So Live. And I got a hold of you and said, we need to meet. So that's how that started. Yeah. yeah, so talking about the story, mm-hmm. you, you certainly have an incredible one, and, and we're grateful for you to share it, not just with us, but with our listeners. Um, a little bit about So Live, our mission is to really raise awareness for, um, you know, better treatment options, but also general health and wellness. And we really believe there's so much power in the mind um, when dealing with the diagnosis as well as consumption and exercise and, yes, Mm -hmm. some medication. And we want to really look at the whole picture. But you have a very specific story and how uh, you have been or have actually overcome your cancer diagnosis back in 2017. Mm -hmm. And so I'd actually like to start in the beginning. Like, yeah. How did you find out? So it all started with acne. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. It all started with acne. And and depending, I was trying to debate when I was prepping for this, like how far back I wanted to go. If I really wanted to trace it to the genesis, I would actually go to um, my father passed away when I was 21. So that was 2009. Um and soon after that, I had never really struggled with hormonal acne. I didn't get really bad teenage zits or anything like mm-hmm. that. But in my 20s, I started getting these terrible acne on my cheeks. And so I went through the entire routine of I tried everything. I really didn't want to mess with my um, hormones at all. And I, sure. don't, I don't remember where that started from. I, I studied science, so probably from there of, like, not wanting to mess with my body chemistry. Um, but I was very, like okay, let's try and do this the easiest way. Let's Mm -hmm. try not to get super invasive. And finally, so I would have been 26 years old. Finally, my dermatologist, we had tried everything from birth control to diuretics to um, antibiotics. And finally, she convinced me to do Accutane, which Accutane is supposed to be like the acne killer. Like it's supposed to go away, eradicate 100% for the rest of your life. So I do it. Okay. Had all the normal Accutane, totally dry you out, you know, painful, all that stuff. Um, And a year later, a zit popped up on my face in the same place. And I was like, 
you have got to be kidding me. Like I just blasted my body with so much vitamin A. Like they guaranteed that I wouldn't have an issue and it came back. And so I said to myself, okay, clearly the prescriptions are not working. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to dial this all the way back and go 100% natural. And started doing a lot more reading. I had a roommate at the time who was very healthy as well, which I was on a scale of zero to 10. I would say I was like a solid five and a half, six of health. Okay. Um, I always worked out. I grew up as an athlete, you know, very much cherished my body as a temple. Um, I'm going to have to give you a higher number than five or six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who are you, who's your 10? That's the hard okay. part. Like, okay. is your point. 10, like... You know, pro athletes, I don't, yeah. Um, I have very high standards in that regard, I guess. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so then started going 100% natural. I started reading a book called The Woman Code, which is by mm-hmm. a holistic female practitioner in Manhattan. And her whole thing really started reframing my mindset about the female body. And she starts this book off by saying, um, you know, we have got to embrace the fact that we have this amazing body. I love that. That every month is creating new life. Like, we look at our period and our menstruation cycle as this doomsday, like, ugh, not again. Like, it's coming. <laughs> I hate it. Like, let me just go in a corner for a week and not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And she very much framed it as like, I celebrate it. Like, we have this amazing potential to create life, to bring life into this world. Like, we have to change our mindset about it. And and she also was very pro, no sugar, no dairy, mm-hmm. no gluten. Like, that is wrecking our bodies. You've got to take that out and start doing supplementation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I had started doing that, and that was 2016. And then that June, so June 2016, I had an, an episode where I had enormous acute abdominal pain um, and in my abdomen. So I thought it was like cramps times a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I had pretty bad cramps growing up. So I was used to some pain, but this was like doubling over. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if there's another hour of this, I'm going to have to go to the ER. Like, this is terrible. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. And and I laugh thinking about it now because it happened at like, it came on at midnight and I was at my brother's house visiting their kids in St. Louis in a suburb. It was so bad that I'm like, I'm just going to walk around the neighborhood. I'm like, one of his neighbors is going to call the police because there's some (laughs) lady walking around the neighborhood at one in the morning, like sometimes doubling over. She's probably on drugs. Who knows? (laughs) Like it was was a scene, I'm sure, as an onlooker, which thankfully nobody called, um, but made it through that night and then went to my doctor, my my, um, OBGYN, And she did an ultrasound, and they found a large mass on my ovary, on my left ovary. And at the time, I was healthy. I was 29. Mm -hmm. And she thought, it's probably a cyst. You've had kind of estrogen levels that have indicated PCOS. It's probably just a cyst. You're going to be fine. Um, And already being on this natural path, I said, okay, I don't want to do anything yet. I would really like to do this naturally. I want to see if my body can figure this out, if I get it, give it the right mm-hmm. environment, the right vitamins to heal itself. Well, and, and so was there something that stopped the pain? Was it, I mean, was it just an, a one-night thing? Did, just just a one-night so thing. So it passed, but it, mm-hmm. it was actually your body saying, hey, you need to look here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huge flag. Huge okay. alarm system going off, okay. which 
now looking back, like I thank my body so much. Some right. people don't get that. Right. Like they don't know something's going. Your body was screaming at you. Mm-hmm. That's okay, incredible. And when, when you told your doctor you wanted to see what how your body handled this and continue on this path, what was her response? She thankfully was open to it. Nice. We had developed a relationship at that point where she knew I was an intelligent patient. She knew that I abided by the protocol. I was diligent. If she told me to do something, I was going to do it. Um, But she trusted me enough to say, okay, I'm going to let you go and try something out. We had come up with a a strategy to monitor it. So I was to go in, I think it was every other month for an ultrasound to check it out and see if it was growing or anything. So I abided by that protocol. um, And I ended up going and working with a naturopath. But she started out, and I should say, she started out very much letting me do my own thing. Eight months in, by the time we decided to go in and surgically remove it, she was not about it. She's like, okay, I've given you time to kind of do your thing. Okay. Now we're doing this my way, which was very heartbreaking to me. I, looking back, I totally understand where she was coming mm-hmm. from, but my stubborn self was like, oh, just she pushed me to do this, and I'm not happy about it. Um, but ultimately, I think it was the best decision that anybody in our position could make. And so what was her her um, you know procedure or process? Was it the surgery or something that happened after the surgery? Yeah. So, um, well, funny thing, when they first found the cyst, there's a whole bunch of story, but because we only have a limited amount of time, I won't tell oh, you we'll everything. I will invite you back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going on. I about five episodes to really debrief this. Part one. Yes. Continue. Yes, because we're not even talking about the context of kind of life stages. But um, but what was funny about the initial, finding the cyst initially, is that her PA, who was this very kind older woman, had lots of experience within the medical field, basically told me I was supposed to go on this great vacation to Greece. And she told me, she's like, you need to cancel it right now. You're going to end up in a, a Greek hospital fighting for your life. This thing is going to burst. Do not go. I'm like, what? Talk I, about fear. Yeah. How did you handle that? Well, I looked at it. I was like, uh, first of all, I'm not canceling my Greek vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll take those risks. Um, but no, then I had a follow-up conversation with the, the MD, my, my OBGYN. And she said, look, I think you're going to be okay that could happen. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything stupid. Here are the the signs to look out for. If it does burst or start to leak or anything like that, here's what you would do. She said, but I really and honestly, I think you're going to be okay. Which for me at the time, like my trust in her and confidence in her mm-hmm. skyrocketed. I'm like, okay, this lady is not about fear. Like mm-hmm. I trust her. We're good. She's going to let me do my thing. Um, so that was really good at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then from there, I think I answered your whole question. Well, did you have fun on your trip? I did. <laughs> I, did. I was celebrating exiting a an, another company in a position, which, yes, it was okay. great. All yes, right. I had a ton good. of fun. And nothing burst, and I didn't end up in a Greek hospital. There so you we go. Good. I oh. just came back with probably like a pita baby and a little feta stomach. Oh, but yeah, it was <laughs> the best. Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you come back, and... Um, there, she's she's ready to move forward with something else. She wants to take control. So what did that control look like? Yeah, so I did six months of working with a naturopath. Mm-hmm. And so after those six months, so uh, right after New Year's of January 2017, okay. I had had another acute episode of pain doubling over. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who was close to me said, look, I know you. I know you have an incredibly high t- pain tolerance and you are at a 10 
for a normal person, like you need to go in and get this checked out. Mm-hmm. So I went in and she basically said nothing had really changed that much. Um, and even when we, we monitor it on the ultrasound, there wasn't a huge change in size. Um, it, by the way, was the size, I think I said this, of a grapefruit. Oh, wow. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so at that point she said, look, this is causing you a lot of pain. You need to take it out. Like we can't, we can't risk this anyway, anymore. Mm-hmm. And that experience was everything that you hear of in horror stories of bedside manner because she came in, basically said, we're not, and I'm not quoting her, but kind of the sense and the feeling that I was left with was, you don't get a choice anymore. This is what we're doing. And then left. And I sat there and and I, I'm, I don't want to believe I wear my emotions on my sleeve, but I even pretty readable. (laughs) Um, and so you could tell that I was upset about it. I was not okay. And she basically just walked out the door, said, this is what we're doing and left. And it was about a two minute appointment saying that we were going to have my very first invasive surgery that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, up to that point, I had only ever broken uh, broken my wrist. You okay. know, I had never had really intensive surgeries. Thank goodness. I was, I was healthy for the most part. Um, so how did you handle that? Uh, I went to my car and cried. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Called, That's fair. Which was on my birthday, by the way. It was on my birthday. I went in for that appointment. Wow. And I'm just bawling. I was so angry. I was so angry about um, losing control, which probably was something that I needed needed inner healing prayer over anyway. But um, <laughs> just feeling like I had made all this effort. I was doing all these good things. And that someone was cornering me and telling me this is what I have to do um, was incredibly frustrating. Sure. And so then following that, we had the surgery, we did a robotic uh, laparoscopic surgery, Mm -hmm. so minimally invasive. They went in and um, sucked out the tumor and then my ovary had to come with it as well. There was just too many adhesions. And a week or so after that, I remember I was sitting at a client's house and took a phone call not knowing it was my doctor and she told me while I'm sitting at my client's house at their kitchen table that I had cancer and I was yeah I was 29 and she said I'm so sorry to tell you this but it does test positive for this ovarian cancer called granulosa cell type she said it's very rare I've only seen one person during my medical residency who ever had this oh boy okay wasn't expecting that (laughs) And, and you're experiencing this in front of your client he luckily had gone to the bathroom. Okay. And by the Good. time he came back, the phone call was over, and I just sat there and acted like everything was fine, continued on with the session, and then um, went home and just tried to let that all kind of come over me mm-hmm. and grapple and understand what was going on and what that meant and what were the next steps. And how did you handle the – is this when you felt – when you got that diagnosis – Tell me, is this when you felt the fear come in? Or how did you, when those words came in, and I know you couldn't really process it at that moment, but when you got back home, tell me how you processed that. I think in terms of the fear and where I felt it the most, it came about a month later when I had an appointment with my oncologist 
we had done another, we went in for another surgery, another um, laparoscopic surgery to do biopsies of several tissue areas. And he had officially diagnosed me as stage two, which ended up actually being bumped up to stage three about a month later after another consultation. Um, And his prognosis of how to deal with it was to do a full hysterectomy and do about six weeks of chemotherapy and possibly try this new clinical thing called aromatase, which is an estrogen blocker because Mm -hmm. this, this tumor jacks up your estrogen. And that was the moment that I really remember fear hitting me like a huge typhoon. Um, I was, wasn't even 30 yet. Hadn't had any kids had always wanted to have children, always expected that I was going to have babies and for someone to tell me this may completely be removed off the table for your own health and safety. We're going to just take this off. And that's the best we can do. And oh, by the way, it does not ensure that it won't come back. I was going to say, you're dealing with the fear <laughs> of, of death, of losing a dream of being able to have children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just too huge independently on their own, you know. Right. I, I just can't imagine dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. And. Thankfully, when we talk about Tracy and I met through a Bible study, thankfully the women in the leadership in this Bible study, Deborah included, and some other women had the wisdom and the love and the courage and vulnerability to tell me, you've got to look at this and it's okay for you to ask God why and to ask the hard questions and to ask, is this a dream that I have to let go? If this is something you put in my heart, is this something that I have to let go? Mm-hmm. Because that didn't feel right to me. And it didn't, it didn't sit well with me of why in the world there's, I, I just can't believe that I'm following and believing in a God and a maker and a creator who would give me a dream and then steal it away. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Right. I always say, you know, we were made to be in relationship with each other and the people you surround yourself with mm-hmm. make all the difference mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. So what? So so tell me, when they told you this, what did you do with it? I had, well, I had a lot of alone time with God. I also sought out a lot of tools. I didn't trust myself entirely to do this well on my own. I think there was a lot of wisdom in other people who have walked this path. Um, So I took a very spiritual, mental, and physical approach to healing this up and dealing Mm -hmm. with the fear and dealing with the cancer and just um, taking the bull by the horns, really. So spiritually in dealing with the fear... It was seeking out mentors of mine, spiritual mothers of mine and fathers of mine um, to do a lot of inner healing prayer, to go in and say, I really actually think that there is some spiritual attachment to this Mm -hmm. physical manifestation of cancer. And what does that mean? And what does that look like to get those places healed? Um, I don't think it's any coincidence within my own testimony that I manifested an ovarian cancer. Um, specifically in my sexual organs because of my history in my younger 20s of ways that I dealt with grief of losing my father. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the best way to say it, of having daddy issues and and seeing that manifest and having to go to those places and being encouraged to go to those places within my spirit, within my heart, 
and saying, God, I want to see all this darkness. I know you already see it. I want to look at it and I want you to bring light into it. And I want to walk light into those places. And it was a lot of self-forgiveness. I, I love that you're sharing this. I really Me believe too. that people need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about having a high tolerance for pain. I'm just thinking about how brave you are. So you have a, a high tolerance for um, you know, being able to step into what you just described, which mm-hmm. is possibly more scary than even the diagnosis itself. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're facing those types of questions, you're probably going to get answers, and they may right. not be the answers that you want to hear. Right. And so that's incredibly brave and inspiring. Um, tell us more. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I will say, t- to your point, it was a lot, the process was a lot kinder than I was expecting. Good. Of, of digging into those emotional traumas. So I just threw some of myself for reflection <laughs> no, in there. It's okay. <laughs> Mine was dark. Part of it. No, no. Well, and I say that because I think a, a lot of people are scared to do it because mm-hmm. they do think it's just going to be this like constant reminder of everywhere that they failed. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is at all. It's actually looking at those areas and being able to say, God, I was doing, and I know you know this too, God. Just doing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. The That's right. Best that I could with what I had going on at that time. And Laura, I'm just thankful that you got through it. And you don't have to. You no longer have to act or behave or act out or whatever it is, manifest that anymore. Like you are new, you're more mature. Like you get a new perspective. You get to lay that behind. You get to be thankful for it, but you get to move forward. <laughs> And I think that's what was just so beautiful and empowering about this process is, yes, I got cancer and yes, it was terrifying, but kind of going back to what we were saying at the very beginning about your alarm system going off and and tuning into that, Mm -hmm. cancer gave me an opportunity to look at places in my life that I don't know if I would have gone there as quickly or as deeply as I had to go in order to get healed wow. in every way. Yeah. Um, and you were healing from the root. You were not just taking out the tumor. You were literally taking out the manifest, the, the thing mm-hmm. that was manifesting that tumor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's continue. your own surgery. <laughs> yeah. Yes. More, yes. Please. No. <laughs> you, are, you are spot on. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, God was doing some serious work in me more than than any of of what the doctors were doing. I love that you shared too. God's was almost teaching you self compassion, mm-hmm. which is such an incredible tool to mm-hmm. have in our lives. And it's it, you know self compassion when we can be. You think about how we can be so kind to our friends and to our kids, and yet when it comes to ourselves, we don't always have that. So mm-hmm. what an incredible tool mm-hmm. to learn that self-compassion. Yeah. I love anytime, you know, on Instagram or whatever social media, that little meme will come up where it says like, would you basically, would you talk to your best friend the way mm-hmm. you're talking to yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Like I need that reminder all the time because I mean, even just yesterday I was going through and throwing out a bunch of expectations that I had on myself. I'm like, I'm not hitting them. I'm not there. I'm at this age and I'm not where I thought I was going to be. And, and yeah, I mean, to the point of, even though I went through 
everything that I just described, I still have to be reminded every day. That's right. It's a practice. Right. It, it is, is a practice. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that it's amazing how quickly I feel I can go back to step one when I feel like I've jumped up to, you know, step 20. Mm-hmm. But that's what the practice is. And then you get, you just bounce back to that level so much that's quicker. Right. And that's it right. really looks like you have that mastered. I mean, maybe, I hope. The, At the least. practice is what you have mastered. That's what I mean, yeah. because you, yeah. it, it's, it's um, something that's ongoing, because if you've ever actually reached there, then you're not growing anymore. Right. That's right. Um, okay, so it, as you're going through this this practice and this process, uh, did things change, continue to change in your diet? Was there a certain consumption regiment, um, you know, that you followed anything related to health and wellness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on the very practical level, um, with the naturopath who I worked with, so we started off with a pretty intensive antifungal regimen, which is basically no sugar, no dairy, no gluten, no processed foods. Mm-hmm. No really high sugar um, vegetables or fruits, so like no grapes, watermelons, carrots even. Mm -hmm. Um, We did that for, originally it was only supposed to be six weeks. It took me about 12 weeks, and he said he's finding in his practice that it's taking longer and longer because the stuff, the normal food, quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. food, that we're using is so bad. It's just so (laughs) so toxin-filled now that it takes so much longer. Sure to get that out. Um, so I started doing that and I would say about halfway through, maybe three quarters of the way through, I had, um, detox symptoms. So I remember one time very vividly, I had my, my lymph node on my neck blow up, like had this massive swollen side of my face. And I I just let it sit there for about 48 hours. It's like, okay, it doesn't go away by tomorrow. I'm going to go in. And then eventually it went away. And I saw him soon after. He's like, oh, yeah, it's totally normal. That's your lymphatic system. It's getting all your toxins out. There was something that was released there. And it just, you know, blew up. It just got swollen. So so did you physically feel something as it um, went away, like when it started to disperse, something like that going through your system? I could see a definite incremental increase in my energy and just mm-hmm. feeling better. Um, I lost weight, um, not, I mean, maybe like 10 pounds, but it was, I just felt healthier. Right. Um, and then I think something that was nice was, you know, I was working with this one naturopath who we had happened to be introduced by a friend and just kind of instantly clicked. But I also had a, a friend who recommended a nutritionist out of New York who, um, Apparently had worked with a bunch of big name stars. I didn't fact check her to see. She, I trusted my friend, but she yeah. she basically validated everything that that my guy locally here mm-hmm. was doing. My practitioner here, which was really good. Right. Yeah. It was just good to have. Okay, I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. You're talking about using the same vitamins. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is good. This makes me feel good about this. Um, and and I think, you know, I can tell now when my body when I eat too much sugar or when I do too much cheese and kind of what we were talking about with the practice, you know, I know now, okay, right. let's bump up the probiotics. Let's get uh-huh. on some digestive enzymes. Like I just kind of threw my body off a little bit and it's okay. It, it has some tolerance there. It's resilient, <laughs> but you can't go on a bender right. for longer than, right. you know, two, three days. Well, you and your body are, are, have this incredible relationship now. Mm-hmm. The two of you are communicating and mm-hmm. you trust her. Mm-hmm which is just 
really where we all want to be. We want to get right. to that place. Like we have the greatest nutritionists. Yes, there are great nutritionists that help us get on track. Mm-hmm. And then as we come into this relationship with our body mm-hmm. and begin to speak back and forth, you know, just like you said, yeah, I can get a little off. I don't have to condemn myself. I can be so compassionate and mm-hmm. then get right back on because mm-hmm. she's going to tell me exactly what I need. Yeah. Exactly. And and you see that. I mean, I think that was one of the really interesting things about this journey is you strip everything away through what feels like a very regimented diet, but really you're clearing out all of the noise, mm-hmm. right? You start to realize, oh, this is what it feels like to be healthy. Oh, this is my energy capacity. This is how my joints are supposed to feel. My yes. head's supposed to feel, you know, my bones, everything mm-hmm. from the bottom up. And then you can recognize that those little alarms that go off every now and again. Whereas I see my family members, you know, friends who haven't gone through this journey and you just let things slide or you just right. don't recognize how fatigued you are. You know, that's yeah, not actually it's a normal. Yeah. But, but, yeah. It, but it is to them and, right. and to, to many is because you, they don't actually get to feel that sense of clarity. Mm-hmm. And so that's incredible that you reach there and it's a reminder on, uh, hey, you're not there right now. It's time to get back. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so your natural path, is he or she located in San Antonio area, Texas, he, still practicing? He is, yes. Okay. So his name's Dr. Kevin Amen, and he is out of Spring Branch, which is just north of San Antonio. I live in Spring Branch. Oh, well, there you go. How convenient. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just down the road. Yeah, and he, honestly, in addition to all of the, what we joke about the woo-woo medicine that he did on me, lasers and st and ozone and everything else, I honestly think the number one thing that he did that was different than any physician is he just cared. And he believed without a doubt, anytime you stepped in his office, that you were going to nip this thing in the butt. That, that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little different than you're mm-hmm. going to explode in the Mediterranean or right. Greece or wherever. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I've noticed just in, in any oncologist appointment I've gone into and mm-hmm. any other, you know, MD, which I also get it. I So I thought I was going to be an MD. I went to school pre-med and graduated with a, a biology degree. And a lot of my friends continued on and are now MDs and are in fellowships and, and whatnot mm-hmm. and practicing. And... I get it now because of all the, f- going back to fear, the fear of malpractice Oh yeah, suits. Mm-hmm. That right. they cannot make any guarantees. They can't be overly excited, overly, guarantee, you know, uh, yeah, overly reassuring. Or even recommend certain things legally, even if they know right. that it may be, you know, a viable option. If it's not offered here mm-hmm. in the United States, if it hasn't gone through the protocol, the process, mm-hmm. they can't do it legally. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yeah. I feel yep. for them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so to sit down with Dr. Amen and to have him just 100% say, we're going to get this. Mm-hmm. Like you're yes. going to get through this. You're going to be able to have babies. Like we're going to we're going to figure this out. That's no matter right. how long it takes. That was a game changer. I never walked out of his office feeling um like I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always this like, okay, I have, right. I've got this and I've got an army behind me who are supporting me and who are so, rooting me on. 
I think that's really important because not everybody has that support system, army, or even one person that they right. can go to, especially if you're choosing to go a route that is considered, you know, unconventional. And so it's and it's great that you shared um, you're sharing your story. You shared uh, the natural pass name as well because people are are looking for those types of individuals mm-hmm. who will believe in them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think that's that's a great resource to put out there. And my family, to go on that point, my family was not 100% on board with me doing it this way. Mm-hmm. There were a <laughs> lot of conversations about, are you sure that you want to do it this way? Are you, you know, if the doctor said that, you know, are you sure? Oh, yeah. And thankfully... They already knew that I was stubborn as a mule, so, <laughs> and I'm tall and, you know, pretty strong enough that, you know, it's, I'm not like worried that they're going to restrain me. My brother <laughs> still could, but, um, but yeah, they, I didn't have 100% of their support. They kind of were just like, well, we can't tell her what to do anyway. So right. whatever, like go do your own thing. And, you know, unless you're clearly hurting yourself or you're clearly not getting well, then right. we'll intervene. But at this point, you are making progress now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so tell us where you are. Like, are you still seeing your doctor? Mm-hmm. Your, yep. your oncologist? Yes. So I still blend the two. This is, this okay, is the, this is the happy union that okay. I found. So I still go to my oncologist. Mm-hmm. I still use him. We do um, biannual, so two times a year. That biannual always gets confusing. Does it mean every two years? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but twice a year I go and see him, and we do diagnostic testing. So I do ultrasounds, and I do CT scans with him, which I go back and forth on doing CT scans because there's just so much radiation. But mm-hmm. I just I let it go there, and I do an intensive detox after every one of them. There you go. Um, and then, so we check up, and then we also do quarterly blood panels. Okay. So there are five indicators for my particular type of cancer that will tend to elevate if it starts to come back. So we monitor those. And then I go BOCD and make spreadsheets about it and graphs and whatnot. I love it. (laughs) Here's where it is. And this is where it is in my cycle. And here. And it's silly. So what did your oncologist say when you you chose this other path? You didn't get the hysterectomy. And here you are still going for, you know, annual or biannual checkups. What was the response to the outcome? Yeah. So similar to my OB-GYN, who was not an oncologist, just an OB-GYN, um, he has only seen about five patients in his practice. Now, granted, in San Antonio, there are, to my understanding, when I was doing my initial research, three OB-GYN oncologists in the city. So he's seeing at least a third of the right. population. And he actually pulls a lot from South Texas as well, so mm-hmm. beyond the city limits. And he'd only seen about five. And I was the youngest out of all of the patients he had. Um, for my particular cancer, so it's called granulosa cell type, mm-hmm. only about 5% of ovarian cancers are granulosa cell type. I'm sorry, are stromal cell, which is within the family of granulosa cell type. So we're already talking pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, of people who get or of women who get granulosa cell type, majority of them are over 50. So they're menopausal. Right. So your ovary is already kind of worn. It's it's ovulated plenty of times and now those cells are breaking down right. and they're becoming cancerous. Pretty unusual to have under 50-year-old mm-hmm. case. So that being said, he didn't have a ton of experience with it. And he was very honest about it, which I was thankful for. And he was very clinical in his approach in the sense of just not really showing much emotion, but just saying, here's how we approach it. 
you have stage three, we would do a hysterectomy, we would do chemotherapy. I have one other, and he was honest with me. He said, I have one other patient who has it. She's 40. Now she's had her kids. So she went the hysterectomy route, but she's not doing the chemo route and she's been fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to just do blood testing and whatnot. I also came in right off the bat, um, came in in the first appointment. I think I had a stack of research that I had done. I was like, look, I've already done my PubMed research. I've looked at all the articles in the research. I'll email them all to you because I know you probably don't have much time to look at it. So here's what I found. And um, the efficacy of chemo is not that high. It's like 20%. So it doesn't really make sense to me that I would pump all this stuff in my body Mm -hmm. to have a 20% chance that it even works. Right. Or an 80% that it comes back. Another way to look at it. And he said, yeah. You're you're right. This is I don't true. think he wanted to mess <laughs> with you. <laughs> no, no. no. And so he said, That's true. And uh, and so I bargained with him. I said, I'm totally willing to do the diagnostics, I'm totally willing to do the blood test, keep it going that way, and we'll just keep this conversation open. This is where I stand. He said, Okay. Um, I ended up also doing a consult with MD Anderson, I think more for my mom's sanity mm-hmm. and her comfort than for mine. Um and same thing with him. The I got in with the physician there who was considered like the physician for granulosa cell type cancer. Basically laid out the exact same thing that I told my oncologist and he said, Yeah. All sounds right. good. Wow. He said we just don't we just don't have that many options for this cancer. He said it's it's relatively slow growing and because it's so rare, we just don't spend that much money researching it. Oh wow. So mm, we that's just, that's blunt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and so I got the, okay. And it was really, like I said, it was really good that my mom was in the room and he gave the, okay. It helped her peace of mind. Yes. Yes. So she looked at me and was like, okay, you go and do your woo woo thing, (laughs) but make sure you get your blood test. You know, it's, I actually, I want to say every story, but most stories just to, just to have a little safety net there. Um, individuals who choose to go a different route. Uh, the family is generally generally a little delayed to get on board. Mm-hmm. And it's always out of love, mm-hmm. right. but it's fueled by fear. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard when the oncologist is saying, if you don't do this, you're going to die, which mm-hmm. it sounded like you didn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a little bit more open to, hey, we don't know what else to do, so might as well try this. Mm-hmm. But um, it's amazing how many times I see that in, right. in testimonials of, the family is is really afraid of these decisions that you're making. You're you're going against the grain or right. out on your own trail here, and it's unknown. Right. Um, but I, you know, we know that they they love us, and yeah. you know they're, they they want you to have this great outcome. So I'm sure they're right. happy you went this direction now. Right. Well, in the majority of people, by the time you are a parent, you've probably lost somebody from cancer. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, my mom, both of her parents died from cancer. I never got to meet my either of my grandfathers, but her grandfather wow. died. Her father, my grandfather, died of stomach cancer. Um, my, so there was already fear there, of right, course. Right, yes. yes. And inner healing was not a, a term well known within our family. So for my mom to think like, I probably need to go and get inner healing because this cancer word is triggering something in me. That didn't come up. You know, I've got to respect her process and her journey and what God's doing with her on on his own timing. Um, But yes, it was a huge emotional trigger. And she had already lost her husband to heart disease. 
Um, my my brother had passed away soon after my dad um, from from a drug overdose, and so she was looking at it saying, "I have one son and one daughter left, and gosh darn it, I am not going to lose my daughter to cancer." Right. And so it makes sense. Oh yeah, totally. it makes sense that. That's, that's a lot for her to go through. <laughs> right, right. And um, just thankfully, <laughs> I guess, a, a curse and a, a blessing that God gave her a very stubborn, That's right. too smart that's for right. her own good daughter <laughs> who was going to fight the system. Uh-huh. So so the takeaway here is is listen to your body. Everybody may not get such a you know waving flag as you did when you had those incredible abdominal pains, but... Listen to your your body, and um, you know the way you handled fear is to maybe just take a step back and consider going inside to see where this mm-hmm. is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, you particularly chose a natural pathway. I know that there's other modalities and and methods that people can choose, mm-hmm. but you you took control of the situation. Yeah. So you 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 acknowledge the sign. Um, you uh, embrace the fear, mm-hmm. and then you developed and devised your own path. Right. And here you are today, looking incredible. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you're feeling incredible. Uh, you're on this practice, so you may not be perfect on your diet all the time, mm-hmm. but after a day or two, you get right back on it, which is very relatable. Right. right. I think we need to hear that because a lot of times when people will go through a, a really strict uh, dietary change or regimen, it almost feels like, oh, I can't obtain that because next weekend we have a holiday and then the next weekend it's a birthday. Mm-hmm. And and so what I'm hearing from you is that uh, you may fall off every once in a while, but you just kind of get back on it. Yeah. And you listen to your body. You can't shame yourself. That's it. That's it. That is powerful right there. Mm -hmm. So tell us where you are now with your health Mm -hmm. as far as this diagnosis. Let's bring them up to and and how your family feels now. about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and real quick, I just want to go back to some of kind of the wrap up points or summary points of that story. You know, I think what Tracy said about finding a community Mm is so important. And whether you are blessed with a community in person, like I had access to, um, don't let that limit you because thanks to technology, as we're finding out now in yes. COVID-19 social distancing policies, there's really nothing that technology can't oh, yeah. limit you from right mm-hmm. there. I think I said that grammatically correct. Basically, thanks to technology, we can connect with anybody. Right. And um, one of the things that I didn't mention is... Um, I, someone recommended to me to find the support group online and there was actually a Facebook group, but it was private. I don't remember how I eventually found it. If I was just able to search granulosa cell type cancer and it came up, mm-hmm. but, um, there are support groups for almost every cancer and they're helpful for some things, not for all. You'll figure out pretty quickly who's fear driven yeah. and who's not. But I think also finding a community, whether it's online or in person, to support you and to help you tap into, yeah, what are my dreams? You know, tap into, I think having those questions of God, what did you promise me? Like, what are things that have been on my heart that when I think about them, I either get overwhelmed in joy, you know, have some sort of huge emotional response that it's just so clear that this is something that was put in me from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And lean into those. I think if you make right. those your starting point. That's huge. And f- yes. yeah, figure out, you know, what is it, what triggers you or what does it feel like? Do you feel like those things are being taken away from you or stripped away or in right. any way augmented? 
and, and talk to God about that. Um, that's been huge. But to answer your question as far as where I am today, so I am three years in. According to my oncologist, he will not officially say I am in remission until we're at the five-year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're counting down those days. But I... I uh, still go in for blood work. I still do the scans with him. I'm still very diligent about that. Um, I do quarterly checkups with my naturopath. So we were doing once a week sessions with him, and wow. now I'm down to just once every three months, which is nice. huge and very nice on my wallet, um, <laughs> although I miss seeing him in his office. Um, and, you know, I think just being really thankful for being able to discern fear, you know, and being able to look at people and say, okay, they're still in that mindset and having an idea of how to love them well. I um, love that. Through that. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think that's just been huge. It's been huge in business as someone who owns their own business. That's been massive. Um, in my walk with my faith, um, in walking through a global pandemic and having to sift through and siphon through media and everything else, you know, you just realize that fear is the world's number one driver. And we get moments throughout our life, big and small, to recognize that and to be able to say, is this how I still want to be governed? Or do I want to be governed from a, do I want to, to, to lead my life from a place of joy and from a place of hope. And what does that look like to tune into that every day? So well said. I'm just sitting here thinking so much wisdom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so young for so much wisdom. I love this. Well, You're also, an inspiration. <laughs> I was going to say an inspiration and um what a resource to give people hope, which is why I'm so thankful you came to share your <laughs> yeah. story because it really will bring that hope yeah. that is so needed. Yeah, and it's it's also okay. It took me a year to feel comfortable talking about it publicly, which I think is also, you guys may have discovered this talking to other people. I needed a year to look internally. Mm-hmm. And, a, and about a year after, I just felt like God said, you can talk about this now. Well, it takes energy to share, and you need mm-hmm. that energy for yourself. Right. And so mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense, but we're grateful that you're sharing that. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Lord, thank you for sharing your story. This was part one, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, may di- we may dig into the childhood a little bit later okay. in, in part That's two right. and something part three, but um, I really appreciate your time here today and uh, look forward to actually our friendship because you're stuck with us now. I don't, yeah. know if you, right. I don't know right. if you read the small print, but you know, <laughs> you kind of adopt us when you get on our yes. show. So right. we yeah. look forward to, for to your future yeah. and family and um, celebrating life with you. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. This was just such a wealth of wisdom. Yeah. I'm so happy to have it all in one place. <laughs> Tracy's beaming. So <laughs> All right. I love it. Well, thank you guys for what you're doing. And um, people need to hear this story. That was that was the biggest thing in what God was saying is people need to hear this story, yes. that it can be done a different way. Well, we are going to do our part to get it out there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my dear. So Live takes a holistic approach in that mind, consumption, and movement is your strongest ally in creating the mental and physical wellness you desire. Join us on this journey of sharing the best tips, insights, and expert advice we've come across. Thank you from So Live. 
For more information, go to soliveinc.org.